1: Receivers in a triangle on the left side. Mahomes hands it off to McKinnon trying to dart left. 25-20 downfield block. 10-5 touchdown! Kansas City! Terrific run by Jarek McKinnon to win the game in overtime on a 26-yard run. And the Kansas City Chiefs have won the AFC West for a seventh consecutive year at second all-time in national football league history in division dominance and they joined the 79 rams in winning the west for a seventh consecutive time on a 26-yard run to end it
2: mitch Holtis this from the chiefs radio network the walk-off touchdown there from jarek mckinnon in overtime yesterday against the houston texans alex gold jay binkley jed marshall with you here on cody and gold a reminder uh, normally we go out to andy reed at noon today but with the shorter week the chiefs playing on saturday uh reed and mahomes will speak tomorrow you'll hear that live here on 610 around eleven forty-five or so so no andy Reid press conference today at noon just a heads up on gonna be that. a cold
3: day at arrowhead saturday
2: yeah sure looks like it man Whew. the snow should be out of here by then but yes it is uh you know, we all know it's Monday, and the weather pattern changes pretty quickly. But yes, it looks like it's going to be uh, very, very cold for the Chief Seahawks game. Not as cold um, as that
3: Buffalo thirty-two degrees that they're making a big deal out of. Yeah, it ended up not being nearly no, no,
2: as bad as everybody thought it was going to no. be until the final six minutes of that of that Bills
3: game. But it's still warm. Um,
2: but you heard McKinnon with the walk-off touchdown, and how aw- I mean, think think how awesome he has been for this team. It feels like another late-season surge. I, I, I believe last year, the final week or so of the regular season, heading into. Uh, the divisional round after the Chiefs wild card win against the, the Steelers against last Steelers, year. Yeah. yeah, it felt like the conversation was, oh, man, this is you know, kind of another added weapon, another secret weapon the Chiefs have. Here we go. And I feel like we're starting to see that happen uh, again here for Jarek McKinnon, except he's doing it earlier. I mean, you take a look at what he's done the last couple of games. Four touchdowns now in three weeks for McKinnon. Five. We know, uh, it, was is it four? Oh, five. five with the overtime one. Yeah, it was yeah. four, and then the overtime one now. And he got more work as well because... Pacheco got in the doghouse for a couple drives, maybe with the the fumble. You saw two straight drives where it was just Jarek McKinnon. And McKinnon now has more receiving yards than he's ever had in his career. He just passed that by about eight yards or so. His previous high was 421. He's at 429. He's got 274 on the ground. But he is a real weapon in the passing game, Bink,
3: for this team. He makes it look easy. This is what you wanted to see out of the Chiefs, throwing the ball out of the backfield. Jarek McKinnon. That was the biggest signing in, in, in the offseason. Didn't sign with the Chiefs. The still, biggest signing, I think so. I mean, more, more than like, Juju. Juju's had a great year, but it's gonna his, be a thousand plus yard receiver. But Jerry McKinnon is, you know, he has two hundred fifty six yards of offense the last two weeks and five touchdowns in the last three games. I'm not saying the whole season long it's been Juju. Yeah, but right now the finish line has been Jerick McKinnon. And it's the most unheralded guy. Because when you think of the Chiefs, the offense, the offensive weapon, will Jarek McKinnon be talked about on NFL Network today? No. It will not. But he's honestly one of the most important Chiefs on offense. The five touchdowns he's had in the last three weeks is an unbelievable feat by Jarek McKinnon. This was a guy that was open to anybody. Could have signed with anybody in the National Football League. Wasn't signed for the Chiefs. Was signed one year back in June. You see his importance. Now, and I'll say this, if Clyde ever had these games like Jerick McKinnon has, we go, Whoa. What have the Chiefs got in this guy? I mean, these games are better than Pacheco. If this was Ronald Jones doing this, we go, whoa, where's this guy been? Jerick McKinnon gets no respect. He gets no respect for how good he is and how effortless it looks when he gets the football in his hands. It's just different. When he has the ball, it's just different than anybody else. His playmaking ability, that that sick touchdown he got from Mahomes last week, that 56-yarder, you know, taking the ball, and just his speed and what he possesses, and he's been dealing with that hamstring. He was on the injury report a couple weeks ago, when there was questions whether he's going to play or not, and he did, but he's kind of been an unsung guy for the Kansas City Chiefs, the least talked about guy on the Kansas City Chiefs. But let's be honest, one of the most important, two or three most important Chiefs in this late stretch.
2: I think you're right. Nationally, he's not going to be talked about when you're on a team with Mahomes. But they don't and, lose. And, and, they don't win their last right. two
3: games without him. Yeah, nationally,
2: not going to be talked about because you got Mahomes and Kelsey. I mean, and other, Mahomes o- deserves o- more. O- but other piece. Locally, though, I do feel like the last couple weeks McKinnon has gotten. A lot, a lot of attention because we we also know it's not just uh, the the fun uh, kind of sexy receiving yards and all that, but he is one of the best pass protectors in the National Football League when it comes from from a backfield perspective, right? Just that alone. I mean, just, not, you I know, mean, just that, somebody you could trust back there with Mahomes. I and mean, we saw it before he even went off and had the type of day that he did receiving and and running the ball. We saw on, on one play where Pacheco was left in on a pass protection and missed the block. It led to a sack. I think that play. Look, Pacheco will learn from that. He's still a rookie, but for McKinnon that play also was another reminder of how vital McKinnon's been because he he they they trust him so much in third down pass protection set, settings uh, because he he's as good as anybody at doing it and then now you add in i think what has changed it's not just the pass protecting anymore where he's helping this team bank it is to your point now now he's a legit weapon in the passing game he provides some some energy to this offense along with Pacheco and it's also why you brought up Clyde Edwards-Helaire's name and of course he's on IR if Jarek and Pacheco can stay healthy, I don't think Clyde can get back on the field this uh, this year, it's, man. It's like a one-two combination. I, I,
3: I don't know how. Why would you mess with that? You got a great thing going right now. And they know it. They know they do. But here's the thing, too. Think about his blocking. Think about how many touchdowns the Chiefs have gotten, and you won't see the Jarek McKinnon block. The block that he yeah. gave Mahomes that extra one or two seconds to throw the football to Kelsey to get a touchdown because of a Jarek McKinnon block. It's not going to be shown with the stat book again. He won't be talked about on NFL Live. He won't be talked about on NFL Network. Five touchdowns in the last three games, and you wonder. You know, would they have won the last two games if it wouldn't been for a guy like Jerick McKinnon? Listen, I know Juju was a huge signing to the Chiefs,
2: and Juju. Let's be real,
3: Juju was really good. Yeah, he got no, beat he, up. he got beat up throughout that game. Juju was really good yesterday. Yeah, yeah, he, he digit caught everything thrown year. his way. But who's more of a playmaker, Jerick McKinnon or Juju Smith-Schuster? Sure, it's the ex- McKinnon. The
2: explosive plays are, are definitely M- McKinnon. Now, I will say Juju's actually had a decent year of yards after the catch, but yeah, McKinnon's the more explosive player. I think we understand that. Um, but I, I thought, uh, because in a game where we were discussing, Mahomes only throwing five incompletions. He's the
3: most explosive player on offense right now. And I know Kelsey's right there with him, but Jerry mm. McKinnon right now is the most explosive. An explosive offense, the only offense averaging over 400 yards a game, isn't Jared McKinnon. I'm not talking the full body of work. I'm talking right now. Yeah, what right, you are doing now?
2: Right now, he's as dangerous as anybody Absolutely. on this offense. I'll give
3: you that. Yeah, I agree most with that. Most underrated chief.
2: Yeah, and hopefully he can continue. Can he stay healthy? That's, been, that's always been the question for him. You mentioned the hamstring injury earlier. The good news is, I mean, last year he played in 13 games. So far this year he's played in, in four, all 14 games uh, to this point in time. And it looks like he's going to be a vital weapon for them come playoff time. And uh, he deserves plenty of credit for what he's been able to do. No, no doubt about that, Bank.
3: Because you wouldn't want to go into the postseason without him. Like, he is such a no, part of what this no. offense is. Well, not only the blocking is a back, but catching the ball out of the backfield. And he always said, okay, with, with this offensive line that you have, the guys that can get out in space and move, like Trey Smith and Creed Humphrey and Joe Tooney, can get out in space and block. You're like, set up something. Because the screen game has never been the same without Priest. Priest Holmes was so good at it with the Kansas City Chiefs. But McKinnon, so effortlessly, you can get third and seven. You can throw the ball to him two or three yards out, and he's probably going to pick up the first down. Like yards after catch and making moves and showing the speed that he does. But, again, it's almost like he's taken for granted, I think, a little bit. Because when you think about the game, well, what's, what's Jerick McKinnon going to do today? Doesn't get talked about. did not get talked about like he should.
2: Five receiving touchdowns on the season for Jerick McKinnon now. Has the one rushing touchdown, which, as we all know, was the walk-off winner there uh, in overtime. And it was kind of cool. I, in postgame, McKinnon said that in the huddle they were talking about it in, in and basically, basically said "I go." he called a shot, essentially. Uh, on on that touchdown run in, in overtime. Got a great block thinking of Juju. Uh, got a great block from, from Juju on that touchdown run as well. And I think it was important too, Bink, because I, th- if there was any frustration on the run game stuff, it's still what we've talked about for years, which is, <laughs> you know, in this game, they, they opened up nine passes on the first 10 plays. Uh, the, the Texans' worst run defense in football, uh, two punts on the two drives. And then the very next drive, they ran two straight runs with Pacheco, actually, and they got 29 yards combined on that. So still, they just can't, still can't help themselves a little bit there.
3: And keep in mind, two of those plays out of that 10, second 21, a third and 14. Obviously, those are mm-hmm. passing down. So sure. I can see why. But they should have inserted their dominance. And to me, they should have been first off when you come in, you're playing the Texans, worst run defense in the NFL. I mean, because you, you showed, they showed they can't run against this team. 5.7 yards a clip was Pacheco in that game. You, you showed that you could do it. I, I wish I would have seen that physicality from the beginning because I think they physically could have set the tone for this t- this game. They didn't score in the first quarter, but I think they physically could have set the tone by the running game to start off with.
2: I mentioned to start the to the start the show. You know, we were talking about things that need to be corrected, and, and everybody's kind of got their list of three things that maybe makes them a little bit nervous come playoff time. Uh, one of them's still on that list of special teams, and and yesterday did not did not change that. I'll talk bigger picture with everything coming up in the Chiefs Red Half Hour in twenty minutes. But Harrison Bucker is not somebody you can rely on right now, plain and simple. He misses a 51-yard field goal. Then the game, of course, ends up going to overtime as a result of that. Missed the extra point earlier on. He had made at least 89% of his field goal attempts every year. This year, he's made just 76% of them in 10 games. Now, we all recognize he was hurt after week one. As far as I, I know, though, Bink, unless the Chiefs tell us otherwise, I'm to assume that he is healthy now.
3: We all know he had an injury. But he hasn't said he's 100% healthy. Too, I know. Because he has thing. brought it up. Yeah. So,
2: like, but are we judging him as an unhealthy player or a healthy player? How are you judging him?
3: I, I judge him as healthy. Right. Enough, so do I. Because so we him go out and make those big okay, that's, kicks. That's so. my
2: point. So like, I'm judging him as he's good enough to go and play play out there. So therefore, I think well, the criticism is fair. A
3: kick after the injury happened. Remember? When he was Correct. hobbling around out there, still made it.
2: Correct. And let me say this. Anybody suggesting Harrison Butker should not be the kicker next week or in the playoffs? Uh, one, it's just not going to not. That's not going to happen, uh, and also that doesn't make any sense. It's it's December nineteenth. You're not getting a guy off the street that's going to be better than Harrison Butker. Let me just start with that. He is still even if you don't think right now he is one of the top three or four kickers in the league the way he had been the last three or four years. Uh, he's still an above average kicker in this league. He's still better than your other options. Now, if you want to have a longer term conversation bank off season, you need to bring in another kicker and have a competition and all that. Okay, that's fine. We can, we can do that in the off season. And I don't, I don't think that's uh, ridiculous to have a conversation about, but he is still your best option right now. I, I just don't think you can rely on him right now. You you cannot set yourself up to where you're okay. Settling for a 51 yard field goal. Not with how he is currently playing. Andy Reid acknowledged he's in a slump. He compared it to a, a hitter in baseball uh, being in a slump. That, that, that that's finally, like it's nerve wracking. Now, anytime he goes out to kick Bink, that maybe you were spoiled before, but right now it is, it is certainly no sure thing. It never was, but it really isn't now. And you cannot say, Oh, well, we'll just run the ball a little bit to get to a 51 yard field goal to try to
3: win an overtime. You
2: cannot do that with him right now that like, he's not the same guy, which distance hasn't been a problem for
3: him. So you say 51 yards, 43, 44, doesn't matter because the distance was there. Like Butker's leg is strong. He's good enough to get it there. And whether it's a hold or not, they did try it twice. When he was hurt, Matt Amendola came in. Right, Matt Amendola got right. here, missed a field goal for the Chiefs, missed an extra point for the Chiefs, gets cut, ends up with the Cardinals, misses a 43-yarder, Cardinals lose the game because of Amendola. So he's out of the picture. Mm-hmm. Now, Matthew Wright, he was 8 for 8 on extra points. Like they, He was the second kicker they had brought in, but he was 3 for 4 on field goals, hitting 75%. Did hit at 59-yarder. Like, let's not forget Matt Wright did hit that 59-yard field goal. That would be your only option. He's one of two, 40 to 49. He, he's still Was their best. Missed. Butker is their best option. Yeah. I'm just saying, actually, their best option is probably him Mahomes go for it on, on fourth and short, to be honest Fair with you, two-point conversions. But that is the only, when you think about options, is there any options out there that's literally the yeah. only one? That or Justin Reed?
2: No, like, I mean, look, he, he again, is still an above average kicker at bare minimum in this league. He's your best option for, from now until the postseason. Again, you want to have a bigger conversation in the offseason. season do they need to bring in competition? All that, that, that I think and is if a real, it's a whole
3: problem. Then you got to work on that. I,
2: I, yeah. And that's what Dustin Colquitt, who of course, former chiefs punter was on with Fesco in the morning. Listen to what he had to say. Cause he, he said, this is not just a Butker thing here. This is Tommy Townsend and the holds being problematic, at least on, on that one kick in particular.
1: What's well, not like when I was in the building, it was James has got to do this. James got to do that. And Pat McAfee is partially right. If you have a great long snapper and he throws it back and the ball's slightly tilted up, all you have to do is put it down. But as a holder, you're still counting the laces. You're trying to catch those laces on your left knuckle line if you're kicking for, if you're holding for a right-footed kicker. And if you're kicking for a lefty, you're wanting the, that, that left hand. You, you, you're trying to catch those laces and count that rotation so that there's less work from when you catch it to when you put it on the ground. And so the only thing I am seeing is when he catches the ball and he puts it on the ground, he's doing all the moving. And who sees that? The kicker. Mm-hmm. If the kicker sees movement, if you're not doing work from when you catch it to put it on the ground, the kicker sees movement. And so not only is he seeing movement, he's seeing lace the side of laces. And, and I know that's nitpicky, but for people to say that the heaviest part of the ball is not a big deal – I'm not buying it because I saw it for 17 years yeah
4: is is there something you can do like if he's not getting the snap down properly can you just put Henny in there is I mean is this something that you can change no. on a Monday or not
1: no it's it's got it's 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 definitely like he's fully capable it, it's it's you can't uh, and I don't even know if this is the right way to say you can't black out during a game it's got to be I can't do anything other than this right here for this ball to go in so I, when I'm watching Harrison occasionally miss seven extra points, when you get, look back, maybe some of them are his fault. But for everybody to say we need to change kickers and we need a wholesale change, that's not it. What he provides for our kickoff coverage team alone, his ability to put the ball up, you know, 4.3, 4.4 4 seconds sometimes and us to run down there and cover, that is the old Bill Belichick uh hey, let's pop it up high and make them bring it out because if they start with the ball inside the 20-yard line on a kickoff, we know that the percentage of them scoring a touchdown goes down significantly. The offense has to somewhat close a playbook.
2: Um, So that's some of what Dustin Colquitt had to say. He was on this morning uh, with Fesco in the morning. If you want the full interview, you can go to 610sports.com. Obviously, great perspective for a guy that was very, very successful at what he did in the league for, what, 16-plus years uh, for the Chiefs, and then at the end for for a couple different teams, including the the Falcons, he's saying that a lot of this is involved with the, the holding in Tommy Townsend. Look, Bank, one way or the other, they have to fix this. This is this, this this, and that was kind of even the theme of Dustin Colquitt's interview this morning. He's like, you 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 do not want to see a, a bad hold or kick. Whoever you want to put the blame on, be why this team gets bounced from the postseason. This is why special teams is one of those three things in particular. That that skills still scares the hell out of me. Come playoff time for this for this football team, and not all of them, as even Dustin said, not all of them are because Tommy Townsends not holding the ball properly and setting it up for Butker. But the whole kicking operation, something has to get fixed there. If Dustin Colquitt is watching film from home and noticing this, then I, I mean Dave Tobes got to be seeing this as well. And it's something that this is week week fifteen now week sixteen of the season. Bank, this has to be crazy. How are we talking about this in week sixteen? Yeah.
3: It's one of those few areas that you can work on. These are things that can't change. Like, you, always, you, you can't always, I don't know, you want to change the fumbling. You know, two hands around the football, but it's sometimes someone's going to strip it. And teams are really trying to strip the ball from the Chiefs. But placeholding is something you work on. You might as well you have nothing else to do. <laughs> right. Like, during practice, you, you you're kicking or whatever, but you spend the majority of the time working on your holds. And we've seen the franchise record by him. I mean, it can be done. Like, it can be done. The holding can be done properly with the Chiefs but that is something I'd work on for the postseason because you don't want to lose because of this. In the Chiefs, a lot of these games are razor-thin games that do come into that, and you say, well, when's kicking ever going to lose the game for Chiefs? Because before it hadn't mattered. But, like, the three extra points. Like, it didn't sure. matter because they got a two-point conversion yesterday, but it doesn't matter. The Bengals game, we, they did miss a kick. I know people were talking about the fumble, but the missed field goal was huge for the Chiefs in that game against the Bengals. But you got to be able to do it, but... That yesterday was a clear example where kicking could have cost the Kansas City Chiefs the game. And this so you is got to fix it.
2: We'll, we'll talk more about uh, some of the the concerns still out of yesterday's game because uh, we mentioned the stats that were, were pretty remarkable. But overall, special teams being one of the three or four things that we didn't get uh, any uh, more assurance
3: on, to say the least. And text lines lot- telling me go Matt, Matt Wright's kicking for the Steelers and kicking. Well, that is not true. He's not kicking for the Steelers anymore. Chris Boswell. Is he was for. He was. released on the tenth. Yeah. He was released on the tenth, but he's available. So don't text line. Don't uh, tell I, me he's not available. And he's kicking for the Steelers because he's not. I still think, despite everything I've said in this
2: segment, like I, I still think dust even with what Dustin's saying in particular, because of the holding, like Harrison Bucker is still by far your best option. It's not even close uh, for this season. Off season, we could have a conversation, um, but I, I still. Either go for it with Mahomes, like you said, Bink,
3: in a situation like that. Well, uh, I, I, I will say this. go
2: ahead and continue to roll out Harrison Bucker, who to me is still an above-average kicker in this league.
3: Matt Wright is hitting 83% of them. He's made every single extra point. He's made every single extra point this year. When he did play for the Steelers, he was 100% on extra points this year, including a 5-5 game. That was with the Chiefs. But with the Steelers, he was good at that. Did he miss field goals? Well, he's three for three from 40 to 49, one for one, 30 to 39. So that is one of the options. We say, what are your options? I would list Matt Wright as one of your options. They're not going to do that, but I'm saying there is an Do you an think option. they should? I I'd, I'd maybe bring a, take him in, take a look at him. And the guy was a, a chief for a while. He understands I don't know
2: it. I still try, despite the frustration level with Bucker right now for, for fans, I'm not trusting a guy that was here for a cup of coffee in Matthew, Wright That's bounced around uh, come playoff time. I'll still rely. I still will trust the guy that did help you win a Super Bowl
3: a couple of years ago. I don't, still I don't care about feelings. I it's don't care about, about feelings. I don't care about it. It's a business. It's what are you doing right now? Like, what are you doing right now? And right now you're missing kicks. I mean, that's the bottom line. Whether it's the hold, whether it's whatever it is, the bottom line is the bottom line. The bottom line is you're missing kicks, and it could cause a team a game. So, yeah, I understand feelings, and you yeah. got a ring and stuff like that. Matthew but
2: Wright's not even not. Matthew Wright's kicking for a team that is not sniffing the playoffs with no pressure. He's or not anything playing like at that. all right now. I, Bink, but the numbers yeah. you gave me were for when he was kicking with the Steelers, when he was on a Steelers team with three and four wins. I, I get with no, it. with no pressure. There's, there's, uh, you can't tell me it's the same thing. Come, who do you trust in an AFC title game? Matthew Wright or Harrison Butker. I still would go Harrison
3: Butker. I, I would too. Cause he didn't have those two misses in one game, but that was the, the first game he played uh, with the Steelers. But yeah. he's hundred percent on extra points. And sometimes that <laughs> does matter. We'll talk
2: more about some of the concerns still for the chiefs after the win yesterday against the Texans here in about 10 minutes during the chiefs red half hour, but it is time bank for the trash of the day.
4: Trash of the day.
3: I don't know if you're. Uh, are you a cereal guy? Do you, breakfast food. You go cereal ever? I like cereal. I just don't usually have it because then you have to keep the milk mm-hmm. and everything else. I do like eating it dry from time to time, but okay. the Fruit Loops are good. You know, I like. You like fr- so you're a
2: Fruit Loop guy. Fruit
3: Loop and Wheaties. I like those two.
2: When's the last time you had a bowl of Fruit Loops?
3: Gosh, probably a decade because it's been just straight out of the box.
2: Okay. The reason why I ask is there is a holiday gift now available. Uh, a half-pound Fruit Loop, a singular Fruit Loop, is going to be on sale. A giant 930-calorie Fruit Loop for 19.99. Mm. Uh, they're going to make this available, and you can get giant cereal pieces. It will go on sale December 19th. So today, at some point today, each one weighs almost a half pound. Is it just the novelty of it? Why would you? Are you? Get, how long would it take you to eat? Just it, you open the box and it's just one giant Fruit Loop.
3: It's like one of those big uh, peanut butter cups. You seen those? Now that oh, I'm a big fan of the Reese's peanut butter. I know cup. you are, but have you seen those ones that are like the big giant one, with half pounders? Yeah. So I mean, it'd be, it's kind of fun, you know. Why not just have How, a little fun?
2: You just eat, like the peanut butter cup. I can at least understand. Like you can cut that thing, and like the Fruit Loop, you're just gonna eat eat that thing over a couple. It's not Fruit Loops are good, but one singular Fruit Loop, it's not amazing enough to where I want a giant
3: Fruit Loop. And I don't eat cereal that much, so it wouldn't matter. it would probably go stale by the time I finished it. Jed, you in on this? 20
4: bucks i'm not really a fruit loop guy but couldn't you also like you were talking about with the giant uh peanut butter cup parcel it out and like break it up put it into I'm an sure. individual in,
3: in, bowl you in, in, just eat the whole
4: thing jim i mean butter if cup. you're
2: gonna if you're gonna cut it up though other than the why initial... wouldn't you just buy yeah, fruit other... Loops. <laughs> yeah like, other than the initial like novelty i guess of oh i opened this box and there's a huge fruit loop this is hilarious let me take a photo of it yeah if you're trying smaller pieces then just go buy a damn regular box of fruit loops and they're all small cut up ready to go for you
4: and i'm not even like i said i'm not a fruit loop guy so i'm trying to think like my favorite cereal is honey bunches of oats so if they put Mm. like a giant uh, half pound (laughs) oat cluster together even Uh, that i'd be like Nah, i'm good yeah i'm not a big
2: cereal guy and i've you guys give me a hard time all the time for that. You're
4: che- a single guy. Che- Cheerio- Cheerios is dinner.
2: Cheerios are my favorite. Yes, they're plain. I understand that, but I like Cheerios. Big fan of the regular Cheerios. I don't even need the honey nut Cheerios. Just regular Cheerios. I'll just get a handful. It's just me at the place, so I'll just grab a handful at night if I want to snack yeah. randomly, and I'll just sit on the couch and I will just grab handfuls and stuff my mouth full well, of frosted Cheerios. Flakes are good I for doing care. that. Wheaties. I like Wheaties, but frosted you- flakes, yeah, yeah. Frosted
3: flakes. from the But bo- Fruit Loops from the box are good. I mean, I. Just I couldn't one tell big you last time I had Fruit Loops, man. It... Alex, weren't you the person who said that
4: you would rather have just like a plain Tostitos chip? Uh huh? That's Alex. Versus no. what? Versus, Versus what? just like a potato chip or whatever. Yeah, so I, the I fact would that Tostitos you Tostitos just chip. have a plain yeah. bowl of Cheerios is not at all off yeah, bar. but that's I, what Gold does. I would rather have plain old
2: ba- Alex a bag of Tostitos chips than a bag of Olay's original chip. Yes.
3: Hey, look outside; it's snowing.
2: Uh, but yeah, oh, I, I'm with oh, you. It the is. Uh, okay, guys, but, but it's the worst. Guys, let's call spec. It's about
3: freezing though. So it's probably gonna
4: stick. <laughs> wait, you said call our, call spec. Call for, spec. Let for him what? know that we, we, we got to get out before the roads get too bad. I just yeah, want, well, we know, get bad.
2: we know you won't be waiting for bank. We've learned no. that.
3: We know you won't make sure. Bank I can, can get, get it around the still fine, but it will be cold.
2: <laughs> I'll wait for you big. I'll make sure your car starts. Since we know Jed's not, we know Jed's just going to abandon you in the, in the parking lot.
3: I appreciate that. I appreciate that. But, uh, you're making me want to go eat that fruit loop now.
2: Go. On. It's online. You can go know. order it. It's probably yeah. going to sell out. That's these things usually sell out within the first, you know, five minutes because it's just weird. Twenty bucks, a holiday gift. If you know I,
3: what though? Ice cream. Do they make a Froot Loops ice cream? I could be wrong, but probably, I know, probably. You know those Christmas tree cakes. They have those little Debbie ones yeah, they yeah, sell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're really good. But they they actually have a Christmas tree cake ice cream. Like Little Debbie took all their snacks, Those cake rolls. that not matter. And there's ice cream. Little Debbie ice cream and then pints. It's it's a wonderful thing. It, have you had it? Oh yeah. It's got little all chunks of cake in it. No, I just had the Christmas tree cake ice cream.
2: <laughs> Some says Gold does the Cheerios to soak up his Chipotle. Oh,
3: that sounds That's, good, actually, right now. Chipotle.
2: I actually, this will surprise you. I haven't had Chipotle in a week. I don't no know what's way. wrong with me. I know. I don't know what's going on. Right. Haven't had in a week. Probably today is the day.
3: But today is today the, might day. Be the day. A week off? Come on.
2: Up next, the Chiefs red half hour. We'll get back into, yes, the season highs in multiple categories, but...
4: Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Chiefs Red Half Hour, every day at 11.30 on Cody and Gold. Chiefs
2: Red Half hour brought to you by Greenway Ford. It's a new day, a new way at the all-new Greenway Ford. Alex Gold, Jay Binkley, Jed Marshall with you here on a Victory Monday. Reminder, no Andy Reid today because the Chiefs played on Saturday. Everything get bumped around a little bit. So no Andy Reid at noon today like
3: we normally uh, would. Who's having a worse day, Sammy Watkins or Jed's Jeffers takes? Ooh,
2: well, we'll get back into Carl Jeffers a little bit later on. Uh, and yes, I think... Um, Sammy Watkins Sammy just Watkins cut. got released Jed is still employed One So I'll go day. ahead and
3: say It's Sammy Watkins Sammy Watkins having a bad day Life comes to you fast man
2: I mean Sammy Watkins didn't really Do anything to harm me Yeah huh? What do you got against Sammy
3: hey, He was talking a little junk There a little bit You know Oh, his, his offseason situation. comments. Yeah, not a Saying that, that Rodgers is better. Yeah, I got dumb. you.
2: Okay, and he didn't back it up. At least Tyree Kill's backed up.
3: Now he's on his couch watching with that football like the rest of us. Something to, somebody will somebody will probably sign him just randomly before the postseason. Oh, maybe. Somebody That's won't. why you don't burn bridges. That's true. They need to walk across him again. True. <laughs> Your life comes to you fast, Thanks. man. So the Chiefs <laughs> just give me some advice, Gold. You're younger than me. The, I'd the, like uh, to give you advice.
2: Chiefs, of course. Got the win, and there was some ridiculous numbers that came out of it, right? Season high in first downs. Bank, Uh, as we know, Mahomes they completed eighty-eight percent of their passes, no picks. They rushed as a team for five and a half yards a pop, over five hundred yards of offense. They gained over six point six yards per play. They held the Texans to just three point eight yards per let per play pretty crazy honestly and yet the game went to overtime
3: <laughs> against the team without its leading rusher it's top two receivers not playing yes so you had all those stats alex and then you tell me they're okay honestly coma time we talked about this earlier you're in a yeah, coma yeah. i tell you damian pierce doesn't play the leading rusher uh-huh. their top two receivers don't play nico collins and brandon cooks cooks actually the leading receiver mm-hmm. and they give you those stats
2: This this is what makes
3: this game the most insane statistical game I've seen.
2: I would have said the Chiefs won 40 to to 10. You would have definitely said they covered. Um, For sure would have thought they would have covered the 14. As we know, this game had to go to overtime despite the pure dominance in the box score from a statistical standpoint. But that brings me back to still like if you were hoping for some things to calm your nerves a little bit about the big three or four problems we've seen that might crop up again in the playoffs. Like that game didn't do anything to solve it. That's for sure. Like, I like, I think this offense is going to be just fine. They're number one offense in football. These, these concerns are not offense related except for the turnovers, right? I mean, th- the game did nothing to squash every big concern that I, that I have uh, the turnovers. They were until that final force fumble by Frank Clark, huge play. As we know, they were negative two in turn- for turnover differential. They ended up negative one in the game. Uh, they're worse than the Texans are now on the season turnover differential, which is ridiculous. And of course the chiefs are an 11 win team. The Texans are a one win team. One of the biggest concerns or really the only concern offensively right now is to me, the turnovers and it's nine straight games. Bink it's like that. The st- they, they, they destroyed the Texans and all the stats except turnovers. So that didn't make me feel any better about it. Uh, defensive red zone struggles setting up the short field because of the turnovers you don't have a lot of faith that this defense is going to shut down a team on a short field. And then we've discussed in the last segment, special teams. If I were to ask you three big concerns come playoff time that could lead this team to not going on a deep run or going home early, it's what? Those are the three things. Is it not? It's it's special teams. It's turnovers. And it is the defensive red zone struggles.
3: Yeah. It, it untim- untimely penalties to me. It's kind of like in baseball. You know, the fourth out. How many times have we seen that for the Royals? You you drop a ball, for could have been the third out, and they're going to score. The other team is going to score when you give them those four outs, right? That's what happens. Third and six, you think you got them stopped. They call a uh, ridiculous penalty on Snead. You give them a first down, that carries it over. Um, I did see what you want to see from the offense. Um, Defensively, I mean, it's hard to bag them when they give up 219 total yards and keep a quarterback to 50% completion. But the special teams, you want to see. But this is a damned if you do, damned if you don't game to me. It just was. You looked at the remaining games. I think there's redeeming quality in the Seahawks game because they're fighting for their lives. Redeeming quality in the Broncos only because of their defense coming to Arrowhead, yeah. and then the Raiders game because these AFC West games have been close with these teams. And I feel like that game, the end of the year for the Chiefs, will be a close game with the Raiders because they always are. Forget about the records. Who cares about that? You know how these teams play, especially when it's a rival, and especially when the Chiefs will make their whole year by beating them. But Houston seemed to have a little more juice the last two weeks, going against the Cowboys and the Chiefs. Yeah, give them credit on that. Lovey Smith's kind of got them playing Super hard. Bowls. Yeah, they, um, they're playing extremely hard.
2: But I, you're right that going into the game, if they would have exceeded in all these areas, you're right. So people would just say, well, it's the Texans. My only thing, though, Bink, is if, if you can't get the turnovers figured out against the Texans – how on earth am I supposed to feel good that, that that's something that can be corrected? The juju
3: one was a freak one. That Th- one was? That turnover was a freak one. The Pacheco
2: fumble was a f- just a flat-out fumble. He got, he got leveled. It was a fumble. The juju one was a bizarre. And you're not supposed to be bizarre... able to review
3: forward progress. I they agree. found a loophole to get around it. I but...
2: agree. So you're saying they should have just been even on, on the day? I think so. I think on the season, the goal was to try to get this team back to even on turnover differential. Now they're negative six. I don't think they're making up six turnovers in three weeks. I mean, I guess it's
3: possible. You but, can go out and get four turnovers uh, from a y- team. Just, yeah,
2: I mean, yeah, maybe that happens against the Broncos the next go around. I, I don't know. Maybe they can force three. The key is, can you? St- I, I said it on Friday, more than even the, the takeaways, Bank, in this game, that they needed that takeaway, as we know from Willie Gay and Frank Clark. But more than the takeaways, it's the giveaways that are absolutely a, a killer to me. That – this team, if you don't think they're going to be opportunistic on defense, which they actually were this past week, if you don't think that's real, can you at least cut back on the giveaways? That's what has to be something that that goes away. Because if you're playing the Bills or the Bengals or whoever in the playoffs, we know you cannot afford a two-turnover day. You
3: no, know, and it's cost them games. It clearly cost them that, that, that Bengals game when you look at some of the Chiefs uh, games this year because that's really the one area. You think if they could just shore up that, instead of giving that team but I'll, I'll take you penalties are the same way and I know the chiefs were the third fewest penalized team going in that game mm-hmm. but the untimely penalties those are the ones that sure. can't you know I mean the chiefs have had a lot of untimely penalties on the team may it be a huge amount of penalties they've had but the untimely penalties have been an issue
2: I just think we're going to probably go into the postseason bank and I with three games to go where those three concerns none of those are going to be none of those are going to be resolved to where you're not concerned about them like at this point you mentioned the the, the opponents the Seahawks and the Broncos and the Raiders the final three here I, I don't think playing those three teams or now that what we just saw happen against the Texans i, I don't think in 3 weeks suddenly we're going to say well turnovers aren't a problem anymore uh, that the special teams is not a concern anymore i we're too late in, we're probably too late in the season now, i'm not, not telling you that that's why they will not go to the Super Bowl, I'm not, I'm not saying that, but one of these three issues um, cannot c- cannot happen in an AFC divisional round game or an AFC title game on the road in Buffalo if, that's, if, that, if that ends up being the case.
3: I think you have to start to maybe change the game plan a little bit. The Chiefs win that game converting uh, 80% on fourth down, eight of 10. I would consider more when it's fourth and two, fourth and short, and I know they're terrible on third and short or yeah. worse than the league, <laughs> yeah. but on fourth down, I would have... Trust Patrick Mahomes doing it. We even saw Henny do it a couple years ago, you know, on the, the fourth down. I consider maybe going for it more on two-point conversions or going for it on the field. Again, 80% clip that came into that game on, on fourth down. It was just 8 of 10, so not a large sample size. But the bottom line is they may have to kind of rethink what they do when you think about the kick-ins inconsistencies they're getting.
2: I don't think they get to that point unless it, cont- it continues to be
3: where, like if we talk about next week against Seattle. At what point, though? Five missed yeah. field goals, three missed extra so points. Saying, I, like at I, what point do you, do you start well, saying, well, we have to reevaluate what we do?
2: I, I don't know if it's so much that you start going for more two-point conversions unless it, it happens in multiple games here, in the, th- the three down the stretch. Like if you're telling me Butker's missing an extra point a game or multiple ones uh, suddenly against Seattle or Denver or the Raiders, then I'm with you. I think to your point where I would like to see an adjustment in how they're approaching things because of the kicking game is – like what we saw right before our overtime in those circumstances, don't just play for the 51 yard field goal. Like I'm not, I don't think you need to change how you're going about going for twos yet. I'm not there yet, but if you are in a situation to potentially uh, win the game in regulation, you had the ball and you're going up, especially against a team like the Texans don't don't just be like we're fine settling for a 51 yard field goal. You cannot with the feel roof confident. On, no you,
3: wind. Yeah, that a perfect kicking conditions.
2: Yeah, the Texans they they were supposed to open the roof, but, but it was perfect kicking. They, to, to kick yeah, indoors. Yeah, I mean, correct.
3: yeah, in 51 yards. If they would have made a 44 yards, 43 yard field goal, would it really matter? Because distance has never been the problem with Butker. Correct. Like this distance accuracy has been an issue this year, but distance no. Yeah, I just.
2: Still can't believe that that was the approach at the end. I mean, they got everything they deserved to me on the missed field goal at that point in time, considering how they approached that, that final drive. 80% while, clip
3: like, on fourth down. They still yeah, are. Yeah. Still 80%. That's, that's a high percentage, Alex. It
2: was the, the first game, Bink, uh, in about a month that Kadarius Tony was active and back with the team. Now, look, uh, not a whole lot there from, from Kadarius. From one catch, five yards uh, on the day. But I actually think he was more impactful in a weird way than that on the, the first McKinnon touchdown. Where he was a distraction, he was someone that the defense had to pay attention to, and that—that's the key with having him back. As much as, of course, hopefully you're going to see it uh, on result in a touchdown or or in a big play. But he was a distraction for the Texans' defense. That's another thing that he provides, and so that was great to get him back. What I still want to see from Kadarius Tony, I said it on Friday, is all right. He played in this game clearly on a snap count. I think that was pretty evident uh, in this game. Does he practice in full all this week? Is he not limited? Then does he play on Saturday? Okay, he plays on Saturday, not on a snap count. Does he practice in full the next week? I need I need to see multiple weeks in a row, Bink, where he's not limited in practice, that he's available, that the hamstring doesn't come back up. You can to, count on him. Correct. That's for this year of the playoffs. And more importantly, how do you approach next year in the offseason? Because can you, does he suffer another injury to where he's unavailable again? And if this is a guy that's not available, well, then you need to make plans for next season and you you, it's one thing if he's your number three receiver next year but he can't be your number two unless you think he's going to be available
3: I think McCole Hardman needs to come back which he probably will this Saturday because he he is the I mean Kadarius Tony that's fine and all that but Hardman gives you the consistency and he is part of what the Chiefs are you know talk about the speed it's four through three speed at the combine I mean hell that that's faster than Kadarius Tony McCole Hardman's the fastest guy on this team What's his team built upon? Speed. It's a big part. It's their MO of what they are offensively. Well, Cole Hardman coming back, I do think, can change some things. When you talk about being yeah. – because early on, Tyree Hill, like his first one year, two years in the NFL, he was a major distraction even when he wasn't getting the ball because people respected the speed. I think people really respect that speed. Uh, of McCole Hardman, and to some extent, I think they did it with Kedarius Tony. But Kedarius Tony, what not, not as fast? Hell, he's not even as fast as uh, MVS.
2: Well, when that was the thing too, Bank, because of where the McCole Hardman injury just on on Sunday, MVS for a brief moment had a, you know the spotter or whatever said, hey, he needs to go off the field. Right, he had to go to the blue medical tent. They evaluated him, uh, and you know, MVS ended up coming back in that in that game for a while. They were that wide receiver core was. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Sky Moore, Justin Watson, and Kadarius Tony,
3: right? I mean, and, and split out Jody Forts and bring yeah, it because he that, was a former wide that's receiver. That's what they
2: had for a little bit. Luckily, MVS actually came back in, and of course, had, that touchdown was a great great catch by MVS. It was interesting. I don't know if it was just the game plan and all that, but MVS was more involved early in that game than he, maybe has been all year. I know he didn't have a huge statistical day uh, for MVS, three catches, 26 yards, and a touchdown. Without Harvin, though, he Um, is
3: the only deep threat they have.
2: Yeah, and that that still seems like ultimately what he's going to be. We know they had the miss early on in the game, right, where I don't know if that was MVS didn't flatten out the route or Mahomes just underthrew the ball. That was potentially a touchdown to MVS. I mean – that was one of the few times this season I feel like early on in the first drive or two that MVS was involved. Typically, it's been later in the game. MVS will come up with a huge catch. He sealed, you know, he kind of helped seal the game against the Broncos. Go back to the Cincinnati, Cincinnati game. We know the Chiefs didn't win, but MVS had two big deep catches, right? This this game against Houston, he was involved early on. I'll be interested to see if that's if they can get him more involved early in football games the way they were yesterday. Well, the game
3: plan was a lot of short passes. Obviously with McKinnon, with Travis Kelsey, getting a lot of the short catches for part of his 10. Juju, what, 10 for 88? Again, the game plan for the Chiefs was short catches. It wasn't going down the field mm-hmm. as much. MVS can be the down the th- field threat. I wish they would do that once in a while. It's kind of spread out the defense a little bit. But the Chiefs game plan, and that's where MVS, where you want to see the, the improvement, like the shorter intermediate passes, not just the deep balls get more... Because that's what the Chiefs' game plan was short and intermediate passes. Where are you at
2: on MBS in the season he's had? Because I, I it always cracks me up when, when we take a look at pro- projections that everybody had for certain players, Bank, and then where they're at. And then some people are disappointed. And I'm like, what did you think he was going to be preseason? Because I felt like the consensus opinion was uh, a seven to eight hundred yard receiver. And yet, then I still see people saying, "Well, he's been disappointing." Like, what? What did? You, it's funny how expectations and people move the goalposts. They say that when season. he
3: misses the catch, because he will miss some catches. He's going to drop balls. That's yep. who he is.
2: That's who he is. But he previously his career high in a, in a season bank was 690 yards. He's at 632 right now. He's gonna. He's he's he's, he's what he's he's what you should have expected him to be. Which is fine. He what well, he's not going to be a number one receiver. Nobody should have thought he was going to be a number one wide receiver. He's he's doing what he's done in his career, and he's actually going to end up probably having a career year still.
3: Yeah, I thought seven hundred. You'll take seven hundred eight yards from seven to eight hundred yards from MBS. I'm surprised uh, that Juju has the yards he has because I really thought Kelsey would be the only thousand yard receiver that they had this season.
2: Yeah, so I, I before the season we all did. The projections. I, I did have Juju as a as a thousand yard receiver, and obviously the injuries have slowed what could have been maybe a twelve or thirteen hundred yard season. I think for Juju, uh, but because of the injuries, he's sitting at eight fifty. We know he's missed a couple games. He's still got a chance to get to a thousand. I think he will. This to be a
3: career high for MBS. And I, gotta, I don't get it. he played with Devontae Adams. I get that, but seventeen point one yards per reception is pretty good.
2: Yeah, the the broadcast mentioned the the TV broadcast that is. That he has the most average yards per reception in, in the National Football League. I believe that was the stat that they gave out, which is pretty wild to think about.
3: Leads the Chiefs, Justin Watson coming in at 17 yards reception. MVS 17.1, but there's what a 24 catch difference between MVS and Watson. Yeah, if you if you told me MVS probably gonna end up around 45 to 50 catches, 750 yards, I think you'd take that. Yeah, Give me that seventeen point one yard average.
2: That's what I thought people would say. Yep. It's just that's why it's kind of funny. With in your eyes, probably just anytime there's a drop, everybody gets frustrated, and understandably so. But it's just the, the goalposts to me get moved on on players sometimes. We're asked, what do we think the guy's preseason going to be, and then when he's tracking for that, um, that we get upset. Like it's almost like you forget that a seven hundred yard receiver is not going to have eighty yards a game. That would not be a seven hundred
3: yard receiver. But I think like we definitely take the eight fifty from Juju at this point. That will end up being a thousand. Oh, you definitely, yeah, yeah. You definitely take that. 71 catches this year. He's been I great, think he's man. He's kind of yeah. He's been. He's setting himself up to get uh, better than Christian Kirk money. I think
2: so. I hope that the 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 concussion type stuff doesn't uh, Im- impact his ability there on on the free agent market or anything like that. He's had four of them uh, in in his career, and I feel like he always, he, he he got he got beat up yesterday, um, and there was obviously one hit in particular that for a second on the fumble, even on the fumble. Yeah. Of Pacheco for a brief second, Juju was holding his arm or elbow or something. And he's
3: usually the one leveling the hits. I don't know if you ever remember that game with the Bengals and oh, Steelers. Perfect. He hit perfect and just crushed Vontez. Perfect.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, everybody appreciated like that Juju will That was go a hit, hit on behalf of everybody else in the National yeah. Football League, is what that one was, man. That that was a hit for everybody. I feel like.
3: Yeah, but he will do that. But who do you trust right now in the in the passing game the most? Probably Kelsey and McKinnon, and then Juju. I would so
2: – yeah, I mean, over you're right. In the last three weeks, of course, McKinnon's been the, the most right ex, the most explosive. I still think if I'm more like, as far as trust in the passing game, I still – I trust Kelsey and Juju. Yeah, those are two guys I trust the most. Yeah. McKinnon, McKinnon has been the most explosive guy on, on the field here recently. But as far – you're asking me, like, trust on a, a big third down conversion? Kelsey, duh, at the top. And then Juju's still the second guy for me. I think he is – before the injury we were having this conversation, like he's the other Mr. Reliable on the football field for this team. It's Travis Kelsey and it's Juju Smith Schuster. So I, I still think he would be the number two guy on my list on that.
3: I, I know he's not a tight end and doesn't have quite have the size of the tight end, but it's like having a second tight end on the field when Juju's out there. I mean he's a big physical type of receiver. Not not overly tall. He's what, six foot six one, not overly tall, but he's a very physical wide receiver. And I think that tandem with Kelsey works really well.
2: That was the um this the, the kind of the, the change of the type of receiver they were looking for when we, when they brought in MVS and Juju Smith Schuster. We were like, oh, these, guys, these guys can block too a little bit, right? That was the, that was some of the discussion around MVS and and Juju. Like they haven't had multiple wide receivers that can block at that level in, in, in quite some time. And I think we we saw it pay off on that walk off touchdown. By the way, I mean that was yes the O line and I think it was it would have been Joe Tooney maybe that that helped spring them, but. Juju down the field had a really nice block on the walk-off touchdown. Because they, they really have had receivers?
3: that since Sammy Watkins. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Sammy Watkins, when he did play, he was a very good blocker. It's one thing I, I think they have missed. But here's the thing, too. You have to understand, what are you going to do next year? That's one of the questions you always have to ask. Like, Juju, we sit here looking at the draft. Where the Chiefs go wide receiver? They still go pass rusher. What do they do? What do they do? At first, I, I mean, receiver still is potent because what's the best thing in your team? It's Patrick Mahomes. you got to supply them weapons. But Juju – Going to be one of the top wide receivers in free agency. He's been on himself the last two years with one year contracts. MVS is coming back, but what about Sky Moore? Like, is Sky Moore showing you enough that he's Mm -hmm. still in the first round? We need to throw it at or receiver because I think they do. Because I think they always have to keep their weapons going. Um, And when you look at free agency, I mean, you already have Juju and he's going to be a free agent uh, next year. What do you do? Like, is Sky Moore showing you enough? No. Okay. So you still want, so so wide receiver in the first round, you still would go because. You can still get quality wide receiver at the end of the first round.
2: I don't know if I, I, we have all off-season, of course. Uh, to, to no, do, it's mock. We have all off-season for you to give us your mocks, but I, I would say. Which, by the way, I, I had I Christian
3: Watson last year.
2: I heard somebody did, but I don't know why. Yeah, and then, I I mean, you had Watson. I couldn't believe you had something. It's Down the field, you, thread, you, six weird. foot four. Weird, Imagine big, Christian you, Watson this something, office. Something about Watson's for big. He he wanted the Chiefs to draft Deshaun Watson, and he wanted them to draft Christian no, Watson. No, I wanted to draft Mahomes, it's not really, Deshaun big, Watson. Jed, you remember that. I can't believe it. You wanted, no, Jed you, wasn't here. You wanted Deshaun Watson and Christian Watson.
4: Yeah, I was Listening, I remember you saying Deshaun Watson. I would trade every single um, time,
3: but the Christian Watson I did want. But everybody on Twitter, oh, dude, played North Dakota State. He's not good enough. Well, is he good enough? answer ask yourself that now <laughs>
2: um I, to answer your question though about the the draft i don't think they have to go first round wide receiver i don't want to get too down the rope too far into this but i don't know they don't need to draft wide receiver in the first round I, I think they will draft a wide receiver again i would like juju smith schuster back i'm just wondering if the price tag gets a little too high and they think they can they can go elsewhere but i just think we've learned that juju kind of fits perfectly in this offense. i hope he's also maybe figured out bank that this is a really good setup for him here in kansas city i I, I don't believe athletes should or, or ever really should. Period. Uh, take you know hometown discount kind of stuff. I think that gets overblown a lot of times. Um, but I, I do think maybe he recognizes kind of how good of a system this is for him. He gets a chance to play.
3: But do you the want to pay Christian Kirk football. money? Because that's what's
2: going to take. I would do it for Juju Smith-Schuster. Yes,
3: they're very similar. He's uh, Christian Kirk, 26 years old, 5'11", 200. Juju's got him on there. But you look at stats: 73 for 966, seven touchdowns for Christian Kirk this year. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at their at their, at their career, I mean, 309 catches, 38-68 uh, for yardage for Christian Kirk. Uh, it's very Juju Smith-Schuster stats-wise.
2: If you were saying like this kind of like dream scenario, it would be that uh, he he's back. You would have MVS, even though they could get out of the contract if they wanted to, but I think they would bring him back. Uh, then you have Sky Moore, Kadarius Toney, and draft somebody or on a one-year deal, bring in Odell Beckham Jr. in the offseason. That's a conversation. Unless Jerry goes
3: out and gets him because he still thinks All he's right. going to. What the hell is he ta- talking about? Bank, it's December 19th. Oh, i They lost the Jags. They almost lost the Texans the week before. It's panic time oh, in lost Dallas. That loss the
2: Jags had nothing to do with not having Odell Beckham Jr. Panic time uh, in the, Dallas. The, the, it is. Well, there, yeah, that division is completely done now.
3: There's still a second scene. Yeah, they're going to... The,
2: the Cowboys are going to end up going to Tampa, it looks like. Or or Atlanta, or New Orleans, or wherever in that
3: opening round. Oh, no, they, they they slid. They slid with that loss because number two seeds the Vikings.
2: Not your no, so no, no Cowboy- the, Cow- the Cowboys can't be the two seed. They got to win the division. No, they're, 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 they're be had, a five.
3: Seed. They're in a five. Yeah, yeah. they're fifth seed. Yeah. yeah, so they
2: would go play. They were the a two before were this gonna, weekend. They were going to play the four. Well, Damn. they weren't. They weren't the two before this weekend. The Cowboys were in first place in the division. They can't be a two seed. The Cowboys would have to win the division to be a top four seed. But like the fifth. so they're they're pretty much the Cowboys are pretty much locked into the fifth seed. They will go to four seed NFC South winner. Uh, which will be either the box or literally every, everybody's are alive. two games
3: under 500, and they're the uh, division leader.
2: Yeah, That division's pathetic. Coming up next, we'll uh, we'll get to watch trending and. The Chiefs continue to do something that we have only seen a handful of times in the NFL.
4: We really need new phones.
0: T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month, with eligible trade-in when you switch.